Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Today is March 10th, 2023, and today it's all about the experience. I probably mentioned experience multiple times on this show, the experience of designing your home, experience as being like the fourth dimension, like the way we move through the world. But today I'm talking about experience in a constructive sense, the way your home is built. And this week I was so excited. I was invited to speak at Innovation Week at one school of the arts in Longwood, Florida. And it was really exciting to me. One, yes, my nieces go to school there, but it is such a great school. Their focus is on the arts. Now there's culinary arts. They focus on the musical arts, acting arts, one of my favorite dance and visual art. And I believe they have a STEM lab there. And for a lot of them, it was their first experience hearing about architecture. And I mentioned to them, one of the first things you'll do, you know, they wanted us to talk about applying for college and thinking about where you wanted to go to college. And I mentioned when you go to school, I was doing, I don't know if you know what Pecha is, but it's where you have 20 slides and you talk for 20 seconds each and they automatically change. And I was doing a presentation like that. So it's really fast and exciting. And if you look it up, Pecha sanctioned events all around the country that are really cool. And they're a huge, you learn a lot and they're very funny because people are just like, oh, the next slide, the next slide. It's not, it's not as smooth as a TED talk. And I'm up there talking and I say, you know, that when you go to college, one of the first things you'll most likely do is you will be asked to draw your dream home or your childhood home or some version of that. Then one of your first assignments is often to take that and either put trace paper over it and draw just certain parts of it, or they'll ask you to cut it up and ask you some questions, and you will put it back together in a way that has a narrative about it. And so, like, you might draw the house, and there's a bunch of windows. They might ask you to arrange it in the way that you typically experienced it. Like, this was your the door that you walked in. You typically would go straight out into the backyard, and then upstairs is the window from your room. They'll ask you to put that back together in a way that tells you a story or tells you about your experience of that place. And so I started thinking about your custom home, ways that we can think about your project or that I already think about them, but I want to share with you because I think help you to understand what's going on with the design of your place, the design of where you're going to inhabit. And so just some of these exercises are things that we used to do in school that are helpful to us now when you start thinking about your house. So one of them is, I'm going to start out super, I guess, in the academic abstract realm and then do a few more that are like more practical near the end because we want you to have the best experience possible for the long time, hopefully 30 years plus that you get to live in your custom home. So one of the first ones is we would be taken out into a space, sometimes a building, sometimes a landscape, and we would be 
asked to do different types of drawings. And so one of the first drawings was wandering line. And so basically what we had to try to do was visually capture everything that was in our view on the piece of paper, but we only had one line and we couldn't pick up our drawing. Now, one of the exciting things about that is it gets you to see the composition of the space. So sometimes we would be like in the atrium of a building and you might have a stair that's close to you. Then there'd be an entryway in the back and in the middle, there'd be some seating or some other walls coming in or windows. And we would draw those all in one continuous line, which would show us the way the composition of that picture was coming together. An animation and in and film, cinematographers and artists would often do this with their drawings, with paint, or with the way the cinematography was set up to try to direct your eye, right? So they like might have like a pathway moving across the screen, and then the way the sunlight was coming across the other way would frame the figure on the other side of the page, and it would make like a triangular composition sometimes. Or they have different, there's tons of different, if you study film composition, ways to compose a view. And you can already see how that's important for your home, hopefully. <laughs> when you're thinking of, well, here's my, I want this type of stair. Well, the stair is not just that thing. The experience includes the stair. So when you walk up to your stair, it's not, you're not just on that thing, right? It's not an isolated incident, most likely. There might be trees hanging over or a roof overhang that may be very close or far from. There might be columns on either side. There might be a glass door that you can see through to the next space, or there might be a solid wood door there that's in front of you or around a corner. There's all different ways that you can communicate the experience of that space through those things. And if you, in your mind, start to think about whatever vision you have and think about this line being drawn on a flat surface, what composition does that make? When you start looking at your architectural drawings with your architect, or if you are looking at even the 3D renderings that you do, that's going to help paint that picture of what it's really going to feel like. I do virtual reality walkthroughs, and it's weird because all these things are helpful, but it's not exact. You would think it would be like, well, we've got virtual reality now. That communicates everything. Well, we might get there, but it definitely does not have like steps yet light coming through on certain things aren't there. You can't actually touch things. There's, I think there are some haptic gloves that you can like touch stuff with now. Um, so that's getting there. But I still think even when you're doing that, you want to have this ability to pull back. And I want to talk about the floor plan because a lot of people would say, I need an interesting floor plan. I remember I had a client one time and it was a, a great client. I, I really enjoyed the project. And it was an apartment building. And the way I typically work is I try to make things as streamlined as possible, as simple as possible. I want the flow to be very apparent in the floor plan. But what that usually translates into is a floor plan is not so wacky looking or there's not some big dramatic thing that you see visually in that floor plan because I'm creating that through the layers and planes of the space. And she said to me, she's like, well, I always try, this is our first project together, I always try to put as many angles and corners and little nooks and stuff in the floor plan because when people go online, that's usually the first thing that they start looking at when they're looking at the square footage and the number of rooms they're going to get. 
because it looks more visually interesting to them. And now that's a different market than doing a custom home. So the marketing and things like that are much more important. But I we did manage to convince her that there's renderings and people are going to be visiting this most likely. So we did go with the more simple streamlined plan. But it is an interesting take to me because I've read multiple books that for a builder, because I'm an architect and a builder, the floor plans, having multiple floor plans you can show people to get them excited about the room layouts and stuff is one of the key things that you you can do. Now, that's one way of looking at it. I don't particularly do that. My feeling is circulation is important. Like you want room A to connect to room B and the connection between them to be something that is enjoyable or it's not drawing attention to the things that you don't want it to draw its attention to. With that said, our human experience is vertical. I, I'm standing here and I'm looking at planes in front of me. I'm standing here. I see things in my peripheral. I see what's above me and below me. And I'm looking there. I'm not looking up. God can see the floor plan all he wants. He can look at us like, you know, we're in a little maze, if you will. Your plan is not a maze. And that's your intention. That would be kind of fun if you had a house that was a maze floor plan and only you um, had it memorized how to move through there. That could be and probably drive feng shui people insane, but it could still be fun. Anyway, I'm just getting it in my head now. I'm seeing it. So back to the floor plan. So I would say just as equally important is the implication. So when you see a line on a floor plan, it does have an implication. But the implication of how tall is it? How heavy does it feel when you see it? Does it block light? Does it let light in? Are so important. One of the things that if you're into feng shui, you probably would appreciate is you want the flow of the energy in places like you want the front door to be apparent. You don't want, I think it's like you don't want, and nobody wants a toilet seat open, but I think it's like if you leave the toilet seat open, it represents things flowing away from you. So you should keep those closed. I I think that as much as you can put toilets in their own room and keep them separate because it makes the, the bathroom experience so much better. Those type of things, you want there to be focus on certain elements and rooms and still feel the door. Like you want your desk, you still want to be able to be aware of the door and have the door there, but not focused at the end of the bed so that you can feel peace in that room. And if you think about the way you're moving through things and those things you see, does it draw you to the next place? Does it provide stability in that room? Does that plane in front of you provide that? Does the light around coming around something create a focus on something that you want to focus on? Those are the things that are going to you're going to have whatever number of bedrooms, a garage, whatever. But is the door to the garage just a door? Maybe sometimes it is. But if we can, we want to we want to make that experience intentional for you. And now that I'm talking about the vertical planes in front of you, another exercise that we would do was a vertical line drawing and a horizontal line drawing. And so this is just my take on it. We would be told to look at that same landscape where we did the wandering line or the same interior of the building or whatever the object was. And you can only draw vertical lines. And so you would try to communicate that space through just vertical lines. And what I found is that starts to tell you about movement, about defining edges visually and like feeling. And then when you would do the horizontal line, it would kind of like, switch because I think it would relate more to 
like where we define where we're in, like our feet are associated with like a horizontal surface, that would be almost like path. This is just my take on it. There's no right or wrong here. And so you would discover different things doing these different exercises. But in each of those, there's like a key, you know, in like animation, there's a keyframe or in film, there's a keyframe. There would be like key lines that you would notice that would create like a threshold visually in that space. And that type of diagram and tearing things back to their root or or refining them back to their root can help you to see, am I defining this the way I want to? Do those lines show up in a way that's meaningful or I expected them to, or is it different? It's just another path of discovery. So when you look at things, you you could get a sketchbook out, but if there's something you like, look at the lines that are going each way and how they define things. What stands out to you? What do you like or dislike about those? And moving on to color, I don't know if you know who this is. I believe he's part of the Bauhaus and his name is Joseph Albers. And there was some drawings that he did that were called homage to square. And in those, we would study these in school. And I'm always looking out for this now because he would take a color and then do a rectangle. I think it was usually a a square. And then he would put in another square of the same color as the other one inside of this square. And when we first started learning about it, they're like, I mean, it's one of the most famous color theory things on the planet that they just look totally different. And he came up with theories about like how some colors are like by doing these analysis that like, I think it was like some colors are stable and some are unstable. And there's like different things about the experience of color. And so that is another thing we, you may love a certain color. You may want to have a whole room, a certain color, or you may want to have a color at the end of a room. The most common thing is like, People want the front door to be the pop of color. That tells you where the front door is, at least in in the the U.S. That's a very common thing. Or it could be carved out of wood, stained glass, anything like that. And in your home, there's opportunities to do that as well. We worked on one home and they wanted the experience to be a dichotomy when you came in because they had a completely private wing of the house and a completely public wing of the house. And so when you walked in the front door, you actually were in a hallway. It's one of the few times I've I've actually done that. And there was a piece of artwork that they had created at the end of the hallway. But there were doors, you know, it was not a huge house. So we did invisible, you know, what I call invisible doors. There's just an eighth inch line around with no door handles and stuff like that to get into like the master bedroom. And when you walked in, it immediately brought a sense of like stillness and focus on this uh, piece of art. And then next to it was the light coming on the one edge from the living room, which opened up into a very large glass. I think it's like a 25 foot sliding door. And that kind of goes to that principle of contraction and expansion of space. Frank Lloyd Wright would play with a lot. You had this colorful thing. Now it wasn't as simple as a square. It was a quite a detailed piece of art that they had made. But you're getting to creating movement and experience through that artwork, right? So you you open the door and you're greeted by something that draws you to what they intend. And it draws you to this back room of the house, to their yard and the glass and this really beautiful Porsche created with all type of succulents and plants. And that was a very simple, you know, step here, there, 
eliminate the things that you didn't want to influence that as much as possible and create an experience that's memorable and unique to them. Another thing I was to go along with this is I don't know if this is like a national rule, but if you've ever been on a road and you see like the lights are spotted down the street and so you'll see light and dark, light and dark, light and dark. Well, I don't know if you've been on a road at night that's either completely illuminated or completely dark, but it actually hinders your ability to perceive the depth that's going on, especially if you're like on long drives. And so I read a long time ago about how one of the things they intentionally do was to try to create rhythm with lights on the highway and on streets because it helps people understand the depth and how far away things are and visually keep your mind going when you're driving. And I find that very interesting. It's just like layers of light. Like when you go into a cathedral and the stained glass windows hitting all the the columns and then in the nave, and it creates like this rhythm bringing you up into the the altar. If it was totally flat, it wouldn't have that same communication. Now, I love super flat, so I'm always trying to think how to create that rhythm, not necessarily with something so voluminous or or um, structural, but that principle of creating the rhythm and the, the lines are still there with light and alteration and focus. If you let's just say you were to have one linear light the whole way down the road. Everybody loves linear lights. I love linear lights. You know, we like to frame stuff with them now. It's like all the corners of the rooms are these one inch linear lights, right? All the beams have linear lights on them. That's like a a popular thing that people have been doing. If you had that going down the road, you would immediately lose a sense of depth. Now, if you're trying to do foreshortening like James Terrell, where you're trying to make the moon and the stars feel like they're right on you, large surfaces of color that could flatten things like Joseph Albers and space and a ceiling, one in the same, that may be your intention. But you also want to be aware of like creating that movement. Like I said, with the vertical lines and horizontal lines, creating a different feeling. I realized out of time for today, and I feel like I could just keep talking about experience forever. I hope for you that the experience of going through the process of creating and designing, imagining your custom home with your architect as one that's memorable. It's a beautiful emotional experience and a a space-time experience, but I also believe by learning these things and creating intention with them, the experience day-to-day in your custom home is going to be amazing. It's going to be detailed and intentional for years to come for your family and for the next. My name is JD Carling, your architect. Thank you so much for joining me talking about experience today. I look forward to seeing you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want discussed or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.